0: Hello. In this talk, I want to uh, continue our resurrection series, exploring some stuff I've been thinking about a lot recently around uh, how we, how the resurrection means we get a new life and what it means to live with Christ alive in us, how we can see his resurrection power put into practice through us, the same power that rose Jesus from the grave, whilst also living out the same passion that made the ultimate sacrifice for all, the character and power of Jesus, hand in hand, alive in us. What does that look like? So that wasn't how people usually start sermons, like what I just said there. It wasn't a clever question or a cool illustration or a, a funny story to draw you in so what I believe God wants to say to us. I basically just carefully tried to cram into a couple of sentences as much as I could to give you an overview of the whole talk. The reason I did that, well, uh, over the last 12 months, we've all been learning and grappling with this online world of communication like never before, where you don't feel obliged to sit and listen politely, where you're not sat in church with a bunch of people and it's awkward to get up and walk out if you've lost interest. No. You're in this online world where you know exactly how long the video will be. And if within the first few seconds of watching, you're not gripped and convinced it's going to be worth your time watching and listening, then you can click off and scroll on in the blink of an eye without anyone knowing, without any awkwardness. Click. Gone. just kidding. <laughs> so the online experts, the, the social media, YouTubing pros have, you, ha, have us all quick and snappy making sure our online audience notice, stick around even after uh, just those first few seconds. You're open by not only telling them what to expect in your video, but also giving a very quick first impression as to who you are and what you're about. It's why last week Hetty and I uh, tried to get the CCS vision included as concisely as we could within the first few sentences of our welcome to the online service. So you, the listener, know what this is about. And you know whether it's worth sticking around to listen, which hopefully it is. So why am I telling you this? Well, when I was praying through what God wanted me to share on this week's uh, part of our resurrection series, I was drawn to our Romans 6 passage and I was going through all the cross referenced verses. And I know it's something kind of interesting. I say kind of interesting because if you don't think it's interesting at all, then you'll realise how boring a person I actually am. The the Bible verses that I found myself landing on that centred around the very Apostle Paul-esque theme of Christ being alive in us, the believers mostly seem to crop up within the initial greetings of Paul's various letters that he wrote to these different churches. This is where he's drawing his readers in, where he's setting the context, where he's letting them know what they are in for and, and you know, what it is that's at the core of his message to them. It's in there, along with like the I thank God for you comments and the I wish I was with you and not in prison, classic Paul lines. Like in the first chapter of his letter to the Colossians, uh, he says now disclosed to the Lord's people, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Or in his first chapter, in his letter to the Galatians, he says, But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me. Or in his second letter to the Thessalonians, in the first chapter of that, when he comes to be glorified in his saints and to be marvelled at in all those who believed. Or in his first chapter in his letter to the Ephesians, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the age to come. Paul seems to want to frame everything he has, to say with this very real knowledge that Christ The risen Jesus Christ is alive in us. That is our new life that we get to live because of the resurrection. The same power that conquered the grave lives in us. Resurrection power. Christ alive in us. One of the things I've so missed about speaking to people face to face is the ability to look your listeners in the eye and see them like really see them to see your fellow believers and and see Christ alive within them like paul says in galatians uh, chapter 2 verse 20 i have been crucified with christ and i no longer live but christ lives in me christ alive you. I genuinely don't believe Paul means that poetically or metaphorically either, Uh, but this is at the core of who we now are. Like in our Romans passage today, just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. As we walk this earth, as disciples of the risen Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, we are caught up in this like in-between season, between Jesus's bodily resurrection on Easter Sunday and the day of new heaven and earth, where we all get our, our own resurrection bodies, which I am looking forward to. Hey, I'm, I might even get a full set of teeth. And so Paul urges us during this in-between time to live in the knowledge that we are united with Jesus, not just in his death, as in not just being forgiven for our sins and justified, but in his resurrection too. If, spiritually speaking, we put our old sinful self to death, we leave that behind, because we can, because we are forgiven, we also must believe that we live with him in a new life, one that death no longer has any mastery over, because it is no longer I that lives but Christ that lives in me. If you know Paul's conversion story to Christianity, you can see how huge a transition this is for him. the difference between his old self and his 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 new self his 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 life in Christ. And so I believe it should be huge for us too. The same power that raised Jesus from dead into new life lives within each and every one of us as Christians. That means if we live in the truth of Jesus' resurrection on Easter Sunday, we should be seeing a resurrection at work in each of us. The old gone and the new bursting forth. If that power is at work in us, we should be putting that resurrection power into practice in the lives of those around us as well. What does resurrection power look like in and through us for the sake of our friends and family, for the sake of our town of Southport? What does it look like for our town to experience resurrection power and new life? Because, hey, we are are meant to be about changing lives. That's in our vision as a church, physically, emotionally and spiritually within our town. Our God is in the business of not just turning situations around, but turning lives around through that power that is at work in us. Putting to death what is bound by sinfulness, brokenness suffering, addiction, pain, abuse and bring it about something new and incredible, new life in him. This power isn't just the action of some natural force within a physical space, to put it in scientific terms, this power is a person, Jesus Christ. Who Paul writes in Philippians 2, despite being in very nature God, took on the very nature of a servant, even becoming obedient to death, death on a cross. The ultimate sacrifice, all to bring glory to God for the sake of us all. A deeply loving, passionate act of sacrifice which is at the core of the character of this risen Jesus who we know to live in us. You see, we can believe Jesus died for us and rose again, hallelujah. We can believe that his resurrection power is alive in us, double hallelujah. But we need to remember this resurrection power comes in the person of Jesus Christ, the one who held such deep love and passion for his cause, that he made the ultimate sacrifice for us all. In the heart and passion of Jesus, this is the heart and passion of Jesus who lives in each of us. We need to believe we have the power within us, but I want to challenge us also, do we feel we have the passion within us to use that power? Alongside my work uh, visiting local schools as a youth worker. I've been seconded some hours a week for over a year now by Scripture Union regionally uh, with the kind of vague remit of helping churches develop their mission to young people. And so recently I was praying about a particular area in the northwest region where I was in conversation about some some uh, some some uh, Ageing churches wanting to have a bit of a shake-up, part of which they they wanted to see a young congregation materialise. As I was praying, I remember feeling like God was putting it on my heart to remember his passion for the lost and broken and discern where this passion for the lost and broken young people might be within these dying churches, as opposed to just a desire and passion within them for their own succession as and continuation so where like where is the old agenda of we want some young people because it looks good and where is the deep seated christ like love for young people that just wants them to know their lives turned around and transformed uh, and i'm still praying that one through And I think, but I do think it's more of a broader word to share beyond this little place I have in mind, rather than it somehow being for me to sit in judgment because that's not how these things work. Um, For instance, let's say you were one of these churches wanting your building to be used by young people, but you would? Would you be willing to part with your beautifully kept garden out front in order to have a football cage or a multi-use games area? Could you sacrifice some pews in order to fit in those huge, heavy pool tables? Or, or in fact, actually, if you really wanted a building that met the needs of of young people, attracting them so that they might too know their lives changed by Jesus, you might need some pretty. Drastic changes, like way beyond taking down some banners and changing the carpet, you'd probably need to sacrifice the whole thing and rebuild as a multi-purpose youth center. But could you, could you still worship in a youth center building that isn't like a church? Would you have the passion within you to make that sacrifice for the sake of the lost and broken? I'll draw this in because this is like my soapbox and I could go on all day. But if you, if you really want to ruffle some feathers, hey, why don't we talk about what we'd be, be, be prepared to sacrifice for the sake of uh, the asylum seekers that they might get to experience God's resurrection power. Christ's death and resurrection go hand in hand. You can't have one and not the other. Likewise, we can't be baptised into Christ's death and not also be raised to new life. And we can't have the risen Christ within us working out his resurrection power without also sharing that deep passion for the lost that led him to make the ultimate sacrifice of all sacrifices in the first place. Is your passion for those you see in need around you, whether physically, emotionally or spiritually? Is your passion backed up with the faith that the same power that conquered the grave lives within you? Is your want to see new life backed up with enough passion to go the distance? Let's pray. My prayer is that all of us can experience the fullness of that passionate, Jesus-filled new life. That Paul didn't just write about, but lived out. Whether you've known Jesus all your life, or even if this is the first time you've heard of the opportunity of new life in him. Jesus, I pray that we would continue to grow in you, by knowing you alive in us whether we already do know you alive in us or whether this is the first time of asking you to come in lord we pray that that we would see more of your resurrection power in and through us and that you would break our hearts for what breaks yours Would you put it in our minds and in our hearts, the sacrifices that we need to make in order to go the distance, to see transformation in lives around us, to see resurrection put into practice. In Jesus' name. Amen.